I think it's a big emphasis here that we just really believe that students are not the church of tomorrow or the future. They are the church of now. If we keep instilling that, they realize they are part of what's going on now. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loop Community Podcast, where we're passionate about providing you with quality and affordable resources to help your band sound great, but most of all, to help you sound like you. I'm Matt McCoy, and I'm here with my co-host, Derek. Derek, what are you thinking about this morning? Well, I was listening to a podcast, actually, this morning, and they were talking about the network effect. Do you know what that is? No, I've never heard of that. So it's this concept of if you have an online company or an online business of creating a network effect so that the more people that join, the more value there is for everyone, for not just the owners of the business by like the amount of money spent, but also for the customers. And they were kind of talking about how Amazon doesn't really have a network effect. Like the more people that buy stuff on Amazon, that doesn't really change my experience. But Facebook or Instagram does because the more right. people on Instagram, the better and more different experience I have. And so... Yeah, so everybody's helping each other. Yeah. And they said when you create that network effect, people actually find more value in your company because they have more loyalty. They like it for relationship reasons or... Right. Maybe they feel needed. Yeah, exactly. Like they're actually contributing to a community. And there was a lot to it besides that, but it also got me thinking, have you ever created a culture or a community in ministry? Yeah, it's a good question. I think looking back, one of the most enjoyable seasons of ministry that I've had and I would say even most fruitful too, were when I was leading worship for the college ministry at a church and overseeing the worship teams there. And I was putting together these teams that everybody just became really good friends with each other. And it wasn't like they were all friends to begin with. We all became really close friends because we did stuff together outside of playing. So it wasn't just like, hey, show up to rehearsal and then we play and then we leave. It was, hey, afterwards, we're going to go out and get pizza. We actually even started a small group that we met midweek and we actually were in a small group and went through a book together. That's awesome. And it really was community. It was way more than just like building a worship team. It was mm -hmm. actually like I was building a collection of friends. And um, everyone became super close friends and we're all still friends actually today. But it actually made my job as a worship leader a million times easier too. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't the point of why I was doing it. But it did make my job easier because when I would request people, hey, can you come this Thursday night and play at this event? They like never said no. It's because people actually wanted to be there and hang out. And it got to the point too where people, you know, I would say, hey, you know, you know, meet at six. And they'd start showing up at like four and just want to hang out for like two hours beforehand or like help That's me cool. set up or, you know, we would play songs or watch YouTube videos or something. And it was way more of a friendship community level mm -hmm. than it was, you know, you're on this worship team. And that really did trickle down into everything. Like I felt like even the worship times were really enriching when you're leading with your friends. Like we just were glued together and everything flowed super smooth and we became better players. We played better together because we knew each other. And there was like this mutual just relationship. We knew what was happening in each other's lives. And so we could sing songs, maybe even a little bit more honest <laughs> Yeah, in some ways. 
So I look back on those times with just such fond memories. And uh, if I were joining staff at a church tomorrow, that's exactly what I would do. That's awesome. What about you? Yeah. Have you ever had an experience like that? Yeah, kind of similar. Um, I led a few different small groups um, in college uh, when I was a part of a on-campus ministry there. And it was very apparent if there wasn't a community or culture, like guys wouldn't show up or they would show up and not really want to share anything. And so me and my co-leader, we set a very open culture like immediately. So like the first night we went deep to show them like, this is how it works. Like, yep. you know, you go around, how's your week? And instead of just saying, oh, I had an exam today, it was kind of like, oh, here's what's going on and here's what I'm struggling with. And when they saw that and they saw the leadership um, instilling that culture and community um, and openness, they followed suit. And then we would mix in a little bit of fun as well. So it was fun. It was open. It was honest and um, right. just focused on God and each other and building relationships. And yeah, it made our small group grow so much that we had to split in two, yep. um, which was cool. And so I no longer had a co-leader. I just led my own and he yeah. led his own and ended up becoming roommates with some of the guys. And like, yeah, it was yep. so much better than just like showing up for a Bible study, going around in a circle and maybe two people answer the questions the whole right. night and then leaving. So right. yeah, it's really important to establish a community in ministry um, so people feel the value and that you care. Yeah, right. Uh, and then they want to do right. more stuff and they want to be a part of it. So yeah, it's not always about just the size of the group. Like when you were just saying about the small group, you know, it was growing and it got really big. And that's a good thing. It's a sign of a healthy small group. But then you guys split it. And I think that there is something to be said about smaller groups of people. It brings just depth and richness to the relationships, more intimacy. People get to know each other better. And, you know, there were times when I was building a worship team and I was just trying to grow it as big as possible. As many drummers as I can get, as many bass players as I can get. Hey, you sing, come on, you're in. <laughs> like as many vocalists as you can get. But you just have to remember that like you have to take that larger group because it is good to have people because you want to involve as many people as possible, but you take that larger group and divide it into smaller groups mm -hmm. so that people get to know each other, that people are wanting to go out to coffee afterwards or hang out. You know, more about the depth than the breadth of building that culture. Yeah. And today we have an awesome interview with Taffy and McKenna of Saddleback Church, and they lead the student ministry there. And they have created an awesome community and culture for their students. And we're excited to share that with you. So let's listen to it now. Taffy and McKenna, thanks for joining the Loop Community Podcast. Hello, Matt. It's good to have you here. Um, so Taffy, that's quite a name. Yeah. So your real name's Christopher. Yes, it is. I got that nickname in high school. I played baseball, and there were four Chris's on the baseball team, and they all started. And when our coach would call us, he'd yell Chris. I, we would all respond, but then he started calling us by our last name, and then they just called me Taff and then Taffy. And it stuck. Well, it's a good one. So Taffy, you're the, uh, you oversee the worship at Saddleback for students, right? Yeah, the uh, title is Student Ministries Worship Pastor. That's awesome. And that's McKenna. Hello. And McKenna, what do you do? Uh, I kind of help oversee uh, student worship ministry with our uh, regional campuses. Wow. So, yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. So we have a lot in common because I spent most of my life on staff at churches as worship leader for student ministries. I was at the Vineyard in Cincinnati for five years overseeing the worship there for student ministries. And then I was at Willow Creek and led worship for the junior high ministry. I'm actually amazed you and I never met during that time. I think we had a phone call though, because I think Brandon, who was the guy before you at Willow, said to you, call this guy Taffy over in Saddleback. And so I think we had a brief conversation like once or twice. Interesting. 
That was it. Well, so we have common passion here and <laughs> as far as leading worship, but also leading worship for students. Because I think there's yeah. something really special and unique about that and important too. And I think it can get overlooked sometimes, but I love leading worship for students because I think they're the most fun group. I mean, they're like, they're more moldable. We're like, adults are like kind of in concrete in a way. It's such an amazing, important age to be teaching, you know, kids about uh, worship and all sorts of things yeah. like silencing their phone <laughs> in church. <laughs> No using Snapchat during worship, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Taffy, can you just kind of give us an idea of just what Cluster of Students is? That's the name of your student ministry, right, at Saddleback? Well, our music program is, we have a junior high ministry called JGM, HSM, it's high school ministry, and then we are the music part of it um, called Cluster of Students, or COS. I hate it whenever we would do stuff at our church and then be like, Taffy and the band, that's lame. And so then after a while, I was like, let's come up with a name. And so we came up with a name. It's not like we love the name very much. We don't of, love the name. <laughs> we don't love the name. But we kind of just stick with it. So we don't, we, really say, with it. Yeah, we don't really say cluster of students, but we just say COS now. Just cause. I think people think we're like a math league or something because COS is like yeah, COS is <laughs> Yeah, right, right. But we're not. We're really not. All right. So tell us about Cluster of Students. Like, well, Cluster of Students uh, consists of all our junior high and high school ministry students. So like our junior high um, on the weekends um, is run by or the musicians and the singers are all junior high students for the most part. Sometimes high schoolers who will fill in every once in a while for missing people. And then in our high school, it's all led by high school students, even the leader. Wow. Um, we'll have a leader, like an adult leader in JHM because... Um, junior hires are not very good at engaging, yeah. um, but high schoolers, we train and we push for them to learn how to engage. Wow. So how often are you actually on stage? Um, for JHM, maybe once every, right now, every four to six weeks. And then in high school, I probably once a year, if wow. that. You're overseeing the ministry. You're not actually leading the worship. I wow. do all the special big events because the students are better than me at leading music and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but I, the only thing I have over the students is I can engage better than everybody else. And so. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, you have more experience. I think there is something really powerful. I remember, I remember that at Willow Creek, my days there, of like, there's something powerful about letting students lead their peers. Yeah. Like, there's something different. Like, I feel like students relate better to their peers leading them in worship. Even our philosophy here is our pastor, our student pastor, you know, he's like, we know we could get adults and the quality may be up here, but the quality with students might be a little bit here, but we push enough to get them to the adult level that even if it is a little bit lower, our students in the congregation don't know the difference as long is I feel like heart and passion is being conveyed off stage. So how in the world do you get junior hires or high schoolers to that point where they could lead the whole set on their own? You're just side stage cheering them on. Just a lot of practices and push and rehearsals. But I think that helps because of our strategy um, on how we do it. Because we don't pick random songs all the time, all the week. We actually only pick 20 songs for the year and that's it. Wow. A lot of people are picking so many songs all every weekend and they're wondering why their congregations aren't singing. If there's 12 months and you have four weeks in every month, and if you play an average of four songs in every week, that's 16 songs a month. But if you take those 16 songs and play them exactly every month, that's only 12 times in one month. But students really don't hear it 12 times. They only hear it maybe eight to nine times because of holidays and they may not make it on a weekend and stuff. And so the reality is the first two times when they hear a song, they're not going to know it. Or even the third time, they're not going to know it. They're still learning it. And so finally, when they hear it the fourth or fifth or sixth time, they might finally get to know it. And we want those memories to trigger back into these moments where they make decisions for Christ. 
Right. Wow. That's that's a great tip. So yeah, keep the repertoire small. Yeah. And it probably also helps them to be able to learn the music well, because then they're not having to learn like a hundred songs. So it helps with the band. It helps with the vocals. It helps with the congregation. It helps people sing out. And then we change it up after just like half of the songs after a year. Wow. So how many junior high bands do you have? Like, do they rotate? We try different things every year, but we're almost on the system that I, I know works, but we've had some different things for us that kind of change it up. But we'll have three junior high bands. Well, here's the thing. There's four weeks in a month. The first week of every month, we have this thing called Worship Together Weekend, which everybody goes to big church. So we don't have student services. So we have three junior high bands. And so if you're, if you're band um, two, you're week two. If you're band three, you're week three. If you're band four, you're week four. So that way they're scheduled out for the rest of the year. And if a holiday happens to come on it, they just don't play. So there's yep. three bands in junior high and, and uh, three in high school. And is it is it a mixture of sixth, seventh, and eighth graders? Or is like only eighth graders or only seventh graders? The junior high is just seventh and eighth graders. Okay. And then the high schoolers. I want leadership also with maturity that can help. If it's just seventh graders, they have no one to look up to except for when they come on the weekend. And so it's good to mix them. Not only mix age and grade for seventh and yeah. eighth grade, but also mix talent. So it's not all just one great band and then another band just is poopy. Yep. <laughs> so how do you find the talent? Do you do a big call out for auditions and then, yeah. you know, all the parents bring their kids with their yeah. guitars yeah. in a school of rock style? And Yeah, pretty much. We call it the month of May is just auditions. It's just audition month because we set a couple of dates, um, which I think is important because when kids know there's a set date, then they're like, oh, I, this is how I need to get ready. This is when I need to get ready. Because when in some of our regional campus, when they're like, hey, just come find us if you're interested, some kids will never come up unless you give them a certain date and go, oh, this is when the audition is. And so yeah. this month is audition month. Gives them something to work towards and yeah, to wow. practice. So she does all the vocal auditions and I do all the instrumental auditions just at the Lake Forest campus. But our regional campuses, they do their own as well. So McKenna, I mean, this is this is a tricky thing. Like doing vocal auditions is like, how do you, you know, do the American Idol, the voice thing where if someone is not there yet and doesn't have the voice, yeah. how do you let them know that? <laughs> well, I think the cool thing that we have <laughs> is we have a choir so each student who comes in auditions automatically makes it into our choir. So that makes that a little bit easier. So it kind of just makes that onboarding process. And so we'll have practices one or two times a month, and that kind of helps develop them and um, help them grow in their skills and so that they can re-audition if they want to, if they don't make it into a band. That's awesome, because it gives them a way to get involved. Yeah, because they love the community. And then it also helps. We've had a handful of kids who started in the choir because they've loved the community. They've stuck to it. But then also in two or three years later, when we've instilled, hey, it's not about being on microphone, but some of them are now ready for microphone. Yeah, they've gone through puberty. They have the voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. They've gone through those. They've gotten the skills to learn how to sing. Yeah, their ear has developed. They can sing in harmony now. Yeah. Wow. So that's why it's nice to have that choir piece. And also, before we ever put anybody on a microphone, we, we put them in the choir first for like three or four months before we put them on a microphone just to see their commitment. Wow, that's brilliant. Do you guys have choir every single week or is it once a month? We try and do it like once a month, um, whether so our high schoolers will have like a choir weekend in high school. So they'll all yep. kind of sit in there once a month or we'll sing at one of our worship together weekends. We kind of have events on and off. But typically we try and do something with the choir once a month. Yeah. What a great idea, too, because that just is another nail of just like their their peers leading them, you know, like a 
huge choir of their friends. I got that idea from Brandon. Really? Yeah. At Willow. Interesting. So do you see a lot of um, the musicians in the junior high band end up transitioning to the high school band? Yes. Oh, yeah. This is one of them. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that's That's the actually goal because we actually don't even start in junior high. We actually start in fifth and sixth grade. Oh, we have wow. fifth and sixth grade teams also that are slowly developing and learning how to play with the band. And then that's our farm into junior high and our junior high into high school and then high school into college. college Beyond. <laughs> Is there anything unique that's to leading students that maybe you would, uh, you know, frame your sets differently? I would say Taff has done a really good job of being pretty strategic about the song choice. Um, so I think the cool thing with students is there's, and adults probably, but there's just a lot of room for teaching moments. And so we're really strategic about the words in the songs that we're singing. He always says that the songs are preaching just as much as the messages. So the students are leaving service and humming a song, and we want to make sure that they're understanding what they're singing. So we're not singing these big, elaborate, <laughs> super artistic yeah. um, songs, but these songs that are really clear in the gospel and about who God is. Yep. Um, and so Taff has done a really good job, but that's a big strategy behind COS is being strategic and mindful about the ears that are hearing it. So can a seventh grader walking in who's never been to church before, can he understand what's happening or is this way yeah. overhead? And, it's pretty important <laughs> that they understand yeah. it. Yeah. You're not singing like bring forth the royal diadem. Yeah. It's beyond their like comprehension, like level, like understanding, like what does that even mean? Even even simple words that we as Christians may sing and kind of understand as adults, but even singing the word king, I don't think students understand the word, the awesomeness of what a king held in power that we know now as adults, but even as a seventh and eighth grader, Oh, it's just a king, but they were just ruler. They were just like a president or something. Right. But even just that idea, those simple words that we may need to explain or maybe not sing because it, it's not yep. normal words. It pushes our students, our leaders who are in the bands to kind of think through those words and think through it of the mindset of that person who's coming in, who's unchurched or maybe churched and even still doesn't really know what some of those words mean, but it kind of pushes them to, okay, what does this mean? What is this? How do I communicate that well to my peers? Um, and so it's kind of a learning and growing moment for both the congregation and our students who are leading. My favorite one recently that I was talking about was the Lamb of God. Mm. And people are like, God was a sheep? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, we have to explain those things. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, if, would you do like Lion and the Lamb? Because then you'd have to kind of explain... Yeah. So we try and figure out ways to explain them quick or... Yeah. I remember that was a big part of when I was leading at Willow for the junior high ministry. Every single set, we had like a worship, it was like worship verbal moment or something they called it, a worship focus. Oh, nice. And it was, yeah, like a carved in like time for me to explain and kind of guide the worship yeah. focus of like, hey, we're singing Hosanna and here's what Hosanna means. And so when we sing it next time, I want you to think about, you know, this or X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is when we do, when we, when we used to sing, this is amazing grace, no matter we sing it once a month, I still would explain worthy is the lamb every single time because we never know what new kid has walked into our ministry. Right. Wow. Interesting. So you guys are f have full bands. Are you guys using tracks? Yes, we are. And we're using the best resource on this world right now called Prime. <laughs> Check is in the mail, Taffy. <laughs> Good job. So tell us about how you guys are using it. Well, we use it at our main campus for all our, our JHM and HSM, and then we use it for all our regional campuses. The best part about Prime is it's user-friendly for anybody, and it's affordable because not everyone can afford 
some of the programs out there and all our campuses can't afford Ableton. Right. So um, it is running tracks, but on the spot it is, oh man, we don't have a bass player this weekend. So make sure we keep the bass on and everybody yeah. follow the drummer. But it is a huge resource. And some of you might be thinking, well, Saddleback has all these full bands for students. Well, the thing is this, our regional campuses do not. We've gone old school where me being 43 and Asian and old, when in the old days we used to put a CD in the track and then you sing to it. Yeah. Well feel like prime is that way too and you're like well why would you do that well you got to think students don't go to dances to listen to acoustic guitar and cajon so why are we playing all acoustic guitar and cajon every weekend wow. and you're wondering why they're disengaged because they want to they want to feel it music is powerful and it's influential and so why not do everything we can to yeah. make the services full as possible so it is sometimes at our regional campuses a vocal person in prime and they sing to that we we led recently just at our it's called impact oc where it was like just our a, local mission trip yeah so a little retreat but we used prime so it was me and acoustic guitar a keyboardist three vocals and then we used prime in full band and the kids didn't care and and did it matter that, oh, there's no drummer there, but you can hear drums. You know, if you're creating that culture of just worshiping the Lord, no matter what, through song, it'll work. Yep. And just crank it up, right? So it's nice yeah. and loud. And yeah, I know. I think that too is like when it's like super quiet in like a student ministries room, it's like snooze fest, you know? Like, yeah. Snooze you got to like crank it up because like they want to like feel it. They want to like be able to dance and like have yeah. fun. And I mean, I'm not trying to get away from the Holy Spirit and all that, but yeah, it's music. God has given us this power of music to influence people. Right. That's pretty awesome. Well, country uses it for auditions, which is pretty cool. You can tell them about that. Yeah, I love it. So we, we actually just had auditions um, in the last couple of weeks. But the nice thing about Prime is we I'll just kind of sit there with an iPad or a computer, um, and I'm able to just mute the vocals on it and have our students kind of jump up on stage, and we just play the track. And now I get to hear, can they stay in key? Can they stay on tempo? Kind of hearing what they would sound uh, with that full band and then am able to have them okay can you sing a harmony by just like putting in the lead vocal right. and seeing if they can sing along with it and hear it so it's been super super helpful because i don't really have to do anything except observe and just listen and it's nice to push kids too who you're like well you practice it in this key because that's the spotify we gave you mm. but it's nice when we have um, prime, and like, you know what? I think you can sing higher. You can just change the key right on the yeah. spot, which is so nice. Also, yeah, that is cool. So, McKenna, you oversee all the regional campuses. How many of those are there? I think 14 or 15. Wow. And you're trying to keep the student ministries kind of like the same feel no matter what campus you go to. Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah. So, if a student who lives in Corona um, moves over to Irvine, they're able to walk into the Irvine student ministries and know those same songs, have that same culture. I think they differ campus to campus for sure, that culture. But as far as music goes, like we want them to be able to walk in and to be able to sing just like they would if they were back in Corona. Wow. So the same songs, same 20 songs for every yeah. campus. Yeah. Yeah. We had a cool moment where we had a group of our students go to one of our international campuses and they went to the Philippines. Because they also used Prime. Our kids didn't even have to practice with them. Everybody knew the exact same song, the exact same way. They walked on stage. And just did it. And just went for it and did it. It was fine. That's cool. You guys aren't overseeing all the bands on those campuses too, are you? So pretty much my job is to oversee the volunteers who oversee the bands. So it's a little bit of yeah. like a trickle down effect. So a lot of my job is meeting with 
our volunteers and hanging out with them and kind of training them and resourcing them um, on how to kind of bring that down to their bands. So I don't, I don't oversee anything specifically with the bands, but I do oversee the volunteers. I'll say another way we've also used Prime that has been so helpful is we give our students the account as well mm-hmm. and they'll take it home and they can solo the part of that song and they can listen exactly what they need to learn and they'll yeah. play with that. And then they can practice it with Prime as well. At home, yeah, that's which, awesome. Which has helped a ton. Yeah. Um, instead of having to find, you know, here's the song off of YouTube or Spotify and hope you can hear it. But it's so nice that they can solo that one part that they need to learn. Wow. Hear it out, which makes them better too. Well, I think you guys have sold me. I got to go get myself a copy of Prime. <laughs> you should, man. You should invest <laughs> in it. it. Honestly, honestly, coming into this job and having our resource of Prime and seeing that there's so many of our campuses and trying to figure out how to, okay, how do we all get on the same page? It's been so nice to have this resource just to give them. And it's so user-friendly. It makes sense. Um, It's been so helpful for them. We have some of our tiny, tiny campuses who maybe have three students in their band. You walk in and you can't tell the difference. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. And their students love it. And so it's been a really helpful thing jumping into this job that might sound overwhelming. Yeah, it's been nice to have yeah. this resource that really helps push all of our campuses. Well, that's encouraging to hear. Thanks, guys. We're going to keep keep developing it and make it, make it awesome, even more awesome. Nice. Um, I, I got to ask, I think what's hard a lot of times is that, you know, a worship leader maybe takes over student ministry worship and they want to be the person on stage leading. And it seems like a lot of times it's like the older guys, and I'm not saying like even by age, but like more of like people who've been there longer have a harder time of giving up the stage or giving up the platform and letting like a younger person come in and sing the songs. And, and again, I'm not meaning by age, but I'm meaning by seniority, I guess. Like, how has that been for you, Taffy? Do you miss leading worship? Here, you're the guy, like, overseeing it, but you're not leading very much. Well, the funny thing is, I'm not really a worship guy. My friends here know I am more of a youth pastor first than I am a worship leader pastor. Because if I was to ever leave here, I wouldn't leave worship at a church through music. I actually would be a youth pastor. Oh, interesting. And so I've had enough mentors go, know your limits. I've realized what my limits are. And I'm like, I'm not that good at that. And I don't try and be better than some of the students because like, I don't feel like practicing either, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> 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 but, but I just know the students, I want them to be trained. And so it's just, I just keep that in mind. Yeah, right. What about you, McKenna? Are you, are you still singing and leading a lot or? Not a ton, but we do a lot of out- outside things other than just weekends and so because I do I do feel that I feel like being I don't know being created for this it's kind of like a muscle that you have to exercise and when it doesn't get exercised it's kind of painful a little bit and so I definitely feel that but I think it's been a culture of COS for a long time so I I just know that this is yeah I mean I know what COS poured into me and so now that I get to be on the other end of it and kind of get to help do that with our students is a cool thing but we do a lot of things outside of weekends that like a happy dad (laughs) yeah whatever he never hears this sentimental part of me about the ministry so totally right you're sucked in you're there for life now Um, it is a sacrificial thing and it's almost like a circle of life 
the circle of life. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know that I wouldn't be leading worship if it weren't for this guy named Micah, who was, he had been in the church for a long time leading worship, and he, like, passed the torch on to me yeah. and spent time, like, training me as, like, a 12-year-old. And yeah. I think we have to remember, you know, that we have to then pass the torch on to someone else. It's a huge gift to give to someone. I think it's a big emphasis here that we just really believe that students are not the church of tomorrow or the future. They are the church of now. If we keep instilling that, they realize they are part of what's going on now. Right. It's pretty awesome. And you guys have your own music, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the last album that we wrote two years ago, um, we're, about 65% of it were written by our students. And the rest of it was written by just old school CLS kids <laughs> yeah. who just happened to be around and like, can you guys help out and have a little bit more experience just writing it? So. Wow. Is that a project you over... I mean, someone had to oversee that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Because so, the students are writing the songs and then you're helping like, you know, probably polish them and then get it produced. Yeah. The one person before McKenna came, she kind of oversee most of it. Her name was Sarah Pappas. And then one of the guys who helped produce it was an old... And Sarah Pappas was actually an old student of mine and growing up through the ministry. And then the person who produced most of it helped. They were my very first students 18 years ago. <laughs> wow. They helped produce a lot of it. Wow. Well, it's on Spotify, right? People can check it out there. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's under a weird name, though. What's it under? Uh, it's called Cluster of Students. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, well, Cluster of Students Saddleback? Oh, it is Cluster of Students. Yeah, it's just Cluster of Students. So our Spotify got messed up. <laughs> but yeah, oh. just search Cluster of Students. It'll all be on there. Okay, awesome. And if anybody's out there and you like one of the songs, email us. I mean, we're trying to get our tracks to Prime, but it's been... A yep. little bit of a hassle, but I'll I'll just give it to you guys for free. Yeah, we get, we get oh hey hey yeah yeah, yeah. we got to get those tracks up. I know I know. Um, man, well, honestly, thank you guys for what you're doing and the way you're pouring into students and investing in them and into the future and current worship leaders. I think it's awesome, and uh, I miss leading worship for students a lot. I only lead for adults now, <laughs> um, but I miss the student days. It was just way more fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's just more free, I it's a think. party. So free. I remember one time with Brandon Grissom, I like rode a scooter across the stage during Dancing Generation. Oh, yeah! <laughs> of course. It was like a huge party moment. People could slam that and be like, well, wait, you're like taking it away from worship focus. But like, here's the thing. You have to meet the students where they're at. Like, and you have to like, almost like build that permission to even speak into their lives. And by me riding a scooter across the stage, it kind of does buy some permission in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> it made somebody smile and go, oh, we can celebrate God, period. Right. Yeah, it should be fun. So thanks for what you guys are doing. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Matt. Hey community, our featured producer this month is Three Tree Creative. Three Tree Creative is made up of three professional musicians, Colton, Jake, and Matt, and they're based in the Nashville area. They consistently produce and record songs for the church and offer production services ranging from single demos to full project masters. Let's hear from them now. Hello, my name is Colton Price, and along with Matt Paco and Jake DeJarnett, we make up Three Tree Creative. The three of us are based in the Nashville area and are full-time musicians and producers. We have each been professionally involved in the music industry for over 10 years and consider it an honor to support artists, bands, and churches on their journey to create compelling and inspiring worship music. We are excited to be Loop Community Producers because it allows us to expand our reach to support other artists and worship leaders beyond the community of people in our immediate circle. We are LC. Thanks, Colton. Now let's listen to their track for You Make Me Brave by Bethel Music.
This is Community Talk. All right, what an interview. Derek, what do you think about that? I thought it was awesome. A lot of practical youth ministry advice and just tactics and strategies. I loved that he talked about the amount of songs they pick. They pick 20 songs a year for the whole year. Right. And they may even do 10 half the year and 10 the other half of the year. And to me, that didn't seem like very many. But when he broke it down of students are probably only hearing it two to three times a month at most. Right, because they might miss a weekend. Right. And so if you think two to three times a month and it takes people two to three times to sing and learn a song and actually be engaged with it, yep, that's such good advice for us as we lead our teams and our churches, whether it's youth ministry or not. Like, Don't pick four new songs every single week for three months and then be like, why aren't people singing? It might totally. be because... They don't know the songs. I know. That's a good principle even for leading adults. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Some I know worship leaders sometimes want to, you know, they hear a new song and they immediately want to play it at their church. And then n- next week do another new one. But people need time to catch it and learn it. And I do like that he has a rule for that. He's just like, all right, this year we're going to focus on these 20. And, you know, I know that it can be tempting to think, well, students need like fresh and new things all the time, like to keep them interested And I think a counter argument to that, though, is that like stability is actually really good for students and Mm -hmm. familiarity. Like there's enough stuff happening in a middle schooler's life that, you know, they might be going through like a divorce at home. Who knows what's happening? They they might be changing schools or joining middle school for the first time. And they're like, there's a lot of change. And so like, I think your Sunday, you know, morning service or youth group night, whatever it is, if it can be familiar and stable for them. I think that's a good thing. And we're not saying like, you know, familiar and stable for like 10 years. He's just saying like, right. hey, every year you, you could change the songs up. But why not just for this year, pick like 20 songs that you're like, this is what we're going to sing for this year. Yeah. And he says like, as the worship leaders, you may feel like you're playing the song over and over, but that's because you're rehearsing it, you're listening to it. But in reality, like these students may hear it one time a month. Yes. And so they right. might not even know the song until June if you introduced it yeah. in January. Worship leader fatigue is for real. Yeah. Because, yeah, you play in rehearsal and soundcheck the song. By the time that people have heard it, you've played it five times and you're totally sick of it. Right. And then you play it for the next service. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah, so you just have to remember that, yeah, people are only hearing it one time that weekend. Yeah, and he talked about the types of songs, too, they pick. They pick songs for students that aren't very deep or have a bunch of confusing words. He even talked about how king for students is a confusing word because they're like, oh, is he a president, basically? Like, I don't know what a king is. Right. So they don't understand. And so you have to really teach them as you're leading, yeah. Teach them the kinds of songs and what they're about. and Or don't sing them if they're too confusing. Or don't sing them, exactly. And then he says kind of like the beat of the songs too. I loved his quote where he said, students don't dance to acoustic guitar and cajon, so why are we doing that every week? And I totally agree. Right. And he talked about how Prime ties in with that. And right. how they use full band sound with Prime. Yeah. What is that game on X? Is it like Dance Dance Revolution or yeah. something? I don't think they have songs in there that are like a bongo and acoustic guitar, <laughs> right. do they? No, they do not. But if you go to a lot of churches, youth yeah. groups, that's all they have. And that totally. may be because of just right. instruments. But that is the reason to use tracks in right. Prime. Because exactly. you could plug in Prime, play with this track that has all the electronic beats and elements, and you're good to go. You have to think about when you're leading students, students want to like dance around and have fun. Adults maybe yeah. don't really want to do <laughs> right. that. But students really want to have fun and you and you can make worship fun. It doesn't have to be boring and slow and sleepy. You have to think about like engaging students in worship. Yeah. And that's a great way to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. The other thing I really liked is he said students shouldn't be thought of as the church of tomorrow. They should be thought of as the church of now, which is so true because they're in church they're involved and right. they're just not the tithing ones <laughs> right they're not, they're the not paying for stuff <laughs> exactly 
um, but they're in our church and they're yeah. a big part of it. And we shouldn't just focus on like, oh, we're raising them up for someday. Like, and then we'll really have them involved and have them pour into it. And he talked about passing the torch on to them and letting them lead and allowing them to lead their peers and um, just be involved in totally. lots of different ways. And I think Saddleback does that really well. Yeah. I remember um, I played at a, a conference probably five years ago and they did something that was actually really cool. I was leading worship and then I had a full band of guys behind me and we were playing How Great Is Our God. And all the guys in the band were like, you know, in their mid forties or older, like older players, right? And we were playing through the song. And as we played through the song to kind of represent this whole idea of passing the torch, as we played through the song, one by one, a kid would walk up, like a sixth grade kid would walk up to the drummer and the drummer would actually hand over the sticks and the wow. kid would take his place and the kid would finish the song. That's cool. And then for every instrument, you know, like a fifth grader would walk up to this, you know, 50 year old electric guitar player and the electric guitar player took the guitar off of his neck and put it on this fifth grader. And then the fifth grader finished the song. That's cool. And so, yeah, throughout the song, like one by one, the entire band changed from 50-year-olds to middle schoolers. And what was cool is that the sound didn't change at all. That's awesome. The middle schoolers were able to carry the song and have it sound awesome. And I thought it was a really great just representation of like, yeah, we can't forget about the kids in our church. Like we need to be passing the torch on to the next leaders. Mm -hmm. And they aren't just the leaders of 10 years from now, but they could lead right now. Yeah. And that's what they were showing. And I thought that was awesome. This is a great interview. Saddleback has done so much for the church and Taffy and McKenna are experts in leading students in worship. Mm -hmm. So it was awesome talking with them and hearing more about that topic. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you guys have any questions, comments, feedback, email us at podcast at loopcommunity.com. We love hearing from you. If you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it, it would mean a lot. Leave us a review and we read every single one. And until next time, signing off. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. If you liked this episode, click subscribe and you'll never miss another one.